Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and to not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? on earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we pray that your truth, your word, your insight, Lord, would would teach us today and that your hope would resonate in our hearts. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As a lot of you know, I have two boys, Micah's 11, Kaysen's 8, and every once in a while, they'll have to fill out one of those things about their dad. You know, what's his favorite food? What's his favorite thing to do? Um, and on one of those that my boys filled out, they, they asked, what does your dad say a lot? And uh, this, is what they, this is what they said about me, not right now, um, that that is something that I said a lot. When I read that paper, I just had to laugh because I thought, I say that all the time. You know, they'll ask, you know, hey, Dad, will you play video games with me? And I'll be in the midst of something, and I'll be like, not right now. I don't want to tell them no, all right, because it's not that I don't want to play with them. It's just that it's not the right moment, right? Sometimes they're asking about food, right? Can I have this piece of candy? It's like, well, we just ate dinner, so not right now, right? Um, and that no matter what it is, I constantly will say, not right now. And, and, and so when they told me about that, it just had to, to make me laugh. And it also has been teaching our kids to be persistent, because if I say, not right now, that means that I can ask again later. And so they will. They'll, they'll, they'll just keep asking. Their, their persistence just turns to pestering, right? And so they'll keep asking. And to be honest there, sometimes I just give up. And I'm like, fine, you can play video games. I don't care. Just stop bothering me, right? Because really, there's kind of three options that could happen in that circumstance, right? Is that one, I could just give in because I'm annoyed, which happens. Sometimes I give in because I'm good. I'm like, oh, yes, we really do need to go outside and play Foursquare. We really do need to have this experience. Um, And sometimes, actually, they end up losing because I get upset, right? They annoy me to the point of me being mad. And instead of giving in, I take it out on them, right? Like, guys, not right now, Um, But there's something about kids, right, their ability to be persistent. And I think one of the reasons why they are persistent is that they trust that their parents want good things for them, want good things to happen to them, and their persistence often pays off, and they get what they want, right? 
Um, and I'm sure most of us who have been parents or, or a lot of us, um, no matter what our circumstances, that sometimes we have given in. Um, sometimes it's because we're good. Sometimes it's because we're annoyed. Um, but but we're, we give in. And we see that um, time, we see that in our scripture today about the unjust judge who just gives in. And, and, and really, it's, this passage is all about hope. If you notice the very first line of it, um, Jesus said this, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and to not lose heart. And when we talk about courage, one of the most important things for us is to not lose heart in our journey, that we have to be persistent and consistent in our hope. And so in the sermon series, Courageous Faith, I've been talking um, each and every week about a different part of how we live courageously. And this week, I want to talk about persistent faith. And so our working definition of courage is this, is courage is bravely following Jesus into risk by trusting God, listening to God's insight with consistent, or should I say persistent, hope. And throughout the time, we've been guided by this text, a text of great hope in what God can do. And it says this, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Is that we have hope that God is continually making our path straight when we trust in him, when we lean on his understanding and we follow his direction. And so what we see in the story is a woman who had persistent hope, that she kept knocking at the door of the judge, and eventually the judge gave her what she wanted, not because he was good, not because he was righteous, not because he cared, but just because he was annoyed. And what Jesus is, is sort of doing is saying, all right, if this unjust judge will give in to the persistent widow, how much more so will a God who loves you, who's good, who's faithful, who's holy, who's merciful, how much more will he Listen to his children's persistent and give them what is good. In verse 7, it says this, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. And this is what we can trust with God is that he will give justice to his people. That when we cry out, when we continue to pray, is that Jesus tells us through the scripture is that God will hear and will answer our prayers. And we see that actually throughout scripture as we see that I think about in the story of the Exodus, the Israelites cried out to God as they were being enslaved and they cried out to God and God heard their cry and he sent them a leader by the name of Moses. Throughout the Old Testament, we have this sort of up and down pattern of the people of God, the Israelites, who um, they, would, they would follow God and life would be good for a while and then they would forget God and, and life would descend down. And then when at some point in time they cried out to God and God heard their cry and he answered and he sent them a new leader and back and forth this journey would go, is that when God's people who are called by his name humbly pray, then he hears from heaven and he heals their land. This is the promise of God, is that he does respond with justice to those who are suffering. And so God will respond. We even see it with Jesus, right? Is that people who were crying, God healed them. People who were lame, they they were able to walk again. The blind could see that those who cried out to God for healing and justice, that Jesus would heal them. But there are other times in which we find people who have been crying out to God for a long, long time. 
I think about the woman with the issue of blood who um, she was healed when she touched the cloak of Jesus. She had had that issue for 12 years. I think about the lepers who spent many years on the outside of a community praying and hoping that somebody would heal them. Um, there's a story of the paralyzed man, and I want to say it was over 30 years that he waited by the pool hoping to be healed. And so one of the things that we have to wrestle with when we hear this text is actually, does God really answer speedily? Does he get, delay long? Because sometimes it feels like he does. Now, the good news about our scriptures is that, is that they, they allow us to speak honestly to God. And I imagine there are some of you who are crying right now, Lord, how long? How long will I not know about what's going on with my health? How long will this pandemic go on? How long will, um, will I wonder about this or that? How long, O oh Lord? And one of our Psalms actually begins that way. It says, how, how long, O oh Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? And we repeat those words as the people of God. How long, O Lord, till your justice will come? The psalmist considers, continues and says this, Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And so one of the amazing things about our Psalms, and there's a bunch of Psalms of lament that carry a same sort of pattern, is that God gives us permission to say, how long, O Lord, and yet I trust you. To say, I don't feel your goodness, but I trust your promise. Is that right now I'm scared, but I believe in a better tomorrow. Right now I'm worried, but God, I still trust in your goodness. And what our scripture invites us to do so that we do not lose faith is to remind us that we are to be persistent and even pestering to God. That we are, to, to, we are to continue to knock and to say, how long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord, will this pandemic happen? How long, O oh Lord, will a country be as divided as this? How long, O oh Lord, will I not know what to do? How long, O oh Lord? And he wants us to be persistent. He wants us to be those annoying kind of child. I'm not saying my kids are annoying. I'm just saying that kind of child that keeps knocking and keeps knocking and keeps knocking. Because he, he wants us to trust him. And he wants us to come to him and to believe in his faithfulness and goodness and that he will respond to the pestering and the persistence of our children. And so as we move forward with hope, as we become the courageous people, one of the things that we're going to do is as we, as we go through the valley of the shadow of death, right, as Psalm 23 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? because you are with me. And, and when we take the courageous road, there are going to be times and there are going to be moments in which we are not going to feel hopeful. And so instead, we press forward in faith. There are going to be times in which it feels like darkness surrounds us, and we aren't going to feel like, oh man, this is everything I wanted. And instead, we move forward with hope. 
Now, this is a really hard thing to do because so many of us are accustomed that once it gets hard and once it gets dark and once it gets new to sort of close in and, and we begin to, to blame somebody or we begin to, to do all sorts of things that aren't sort of moving forward one step at a time, faithfully following Jesus. But this is what he calls us to do is to be persistent in hope is that even in the darkness, even in the moments in which it feels like there is no hope, that we keep moving forward. Now, one of the ways that, that I have come to understand this is actually from a book um, entitled Good to Great by Jim Collins. And, and Jim Collins, in the book, he, he talks about this thing called the Stocksdale uh, Paradox. Um, and it's really about how to have hope in terrible situations. And so it's a story about Admiral Jim Stockdale, who was tortured over 20 times in his eight years of imprisonment during the Vietnam War. Now, um, Admiral Stocksdale was a leader even while he was imprisoned. In fact, um, uh, Jim Collins tells a story about how he set up a, a unique sort of um, grid of how they could communicate um, using different taps, kind of like Morse code, but their own way so that they could communicate. And he helped other prisoners sort of have a plan so that when they were being tortured, they would know how to defeat it. And, and, and he was a leader. And one of the things that, that stood out in this paradox um, that he talked about is that, is that he was able to do both of these things, is that he was able to face the brutal facts of his reality and yet maintain unwavering faith in the end game, in what will happen later. He said these words. He said, I never lost faith in the end of this story. I never doubted that not only would I get out, but also that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining moment of my life. If that's not what persistent and consistent hope is, I don't know what is. That, that Could you imagine eight years of your life, torture all around you, pain? Um, it said he even disfigured his own face so that they couldn't use his face to show how well prisoners were being treated. At some point in time, at, at, at year three or year four or year five, so many of us would have collapsed. In fact, that was actually what happened with a lot of people. Um, Jim Collins asked him, he said, you know, who struggled the most um, in this? And he said it was the optimist. Now, this took him by surprise. Because, um, and what he said was the optimist always said, though, it will get out by Christmas. And then Christmas would, would pass and it, they wouldn't get out. Oh, we'll get out by Easter and Easter would pass and they wouldn't get out. Oh, we'll get out by the 4th of July. Surely that's a day of freedom and they wouldn't happen. And at some point in time, that, that, that optimism worked against them. Because there's a big difference between being optimistic and being hopeful. Because being hopeful means you confront the brutal facts. You realize that this may not be over by Christmas. This may not be over by Easter. This may not be over by the 4th of July. But that doesn't change that at the end this will be over. And so he was able to keep his faith and keep hope by doing that. He said, you must never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end, which you can never afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality. You must never confuse the fact of what will happen in the end to be in what happens here in the middle. And I don't know about you, but I want to confront some brutal facts today. We're in the midst of a pandemic. I never imagined I'd preach a sermon 
while being infected with COVID-19. That just never, even in the midst of this world, I never thought that would be the po- a possibility, but that's the reality. And in Oklahoma, we are at the worst part of the pandemic that we've had in the entire state at any point in time. All data points point to that. The data is not good. But do you know what? Even though the data is not good, we need to be aware of that and we need to adjust that and we need to take measures to protect one another. And even if we take measures, and I took measures and other people I know took measures, but we need to do what we can to protect one another. Those are the brutal facts. But here's the, also the incredible truth is that, is that there is a day post-pandemic and there is a day in which we'll walk into the sanctuary and we'll hug each other again, and nobody's going to be weird about it. I mean, unless you're one of those introverts who was already weird about hugging people um, anyways, all right? But, but we're going to walk into this reality, and in the end, all right, there is an end game that is a good game that we're going to walk into. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be difficult. Thanksgiving and Christmas are not going to be what we want it to be. This is not just going to go away right away. But if the people of God will continue to persist in hope and we continue to pray and we continue to be the people of God, then we can have hope that this pandemic, like all these other pandemics in our past, are now past, so too will this one be. Now, we're also right now in a country that's deeply divided. The brutal facts is no matter what the final count total no matter what happens in the end, is that we are in a time of deep polarization in which people are suspicious and do not trust people who think politically different than them and that there's this rising tension. And I really don't know what's going to happen, but I don't really have a lot of trust that, that, that people are just going to work it out and it's going to be calm. The, the truth is, is, that, is that our current culture and climate is chaotic. But I have faith and hope in God's people to be the leaders in generosity that say, you know what, I understand that you may think politically different, and that's even here in Mustang. Even though Donald Trump won this county convincingly, it was only 70 to 30 was the percentage, which means if you walk down a street, all right, and you see 10 people, all right, three of them would have likely voted for Biden and seven of them would have likely voted for Trump, is that our neighbors are disagreeing with one another. And so we, as the people of God, my hope is not in a president or in a party. My hope is in the priority of Jesus Christ in the hearts of God's people. And so the brutal facts is that we're in a difficult moment in our country, but there is hope on the other side, not in America, but in Jesus that Jesus has seen people through all sorts of difficulty, that Jesus has seen countries, has seen individuals, has seen parties through all sorts of difficulties. And in the end, when we all get to heaven, and what a day of rejoicing that will be, it talks about every tribe and every tongue and every language that will be there. And on that day, we will not be like, are you an American? Because we will all be kneeling before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're not going to say, who did you vote for in 2020? Because we're going to be so amazed at the goodness and the power and the glory of God as we kneel and as we worship before him. And so that is the end. And so my friends, I'm kind of nervous as your pastor because we're dealing with the pandemic, we're dealing with an election, we're dealing with the church that, that has its own infighting at the denominational level, and 2021 is shaping up to me to be an interesting year. 
but I'm going to walk courageously, believing in the God at the end. And that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and yes, even forever. And that as I walk knowing the end in mind, that no matter what happens here in this world, you will have trouble. But as Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And that's where my hope lies. Jesus Christ. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Let us pray. So Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, forgive us for when we are just optimistic and we have this wishful thinking instead of this hopeful thinking. Lord, forgive us in which we, uh, in which we don't face the brutal facts. Forgive us when we, we focus on the brutal facts. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be persistent in hope. And so now, Lord, we pray for our country that healing and peace and goodness and mercy would come. Lord, that this division in which is unhealthy would be gone and the division which makes us better as we see life from different perspectives, Lord, that that would be found. Lord, we pray that as we move forward from here as the people of God in the midst of a pandemic, that you would give us hope to see the end that we would face the brutal facts, but Lord, that we would also face the incredible truth that you are the God who heals and we pray for healing for those right now who are suffering. And Lord, may we put our hope in you. So for anybody right now, Lord, who has put their hope in so many other things, their job or anything else, Lord, today we just surrender it to you. And it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. So thank you all so much for joining us online. I do hope that you have a chance to go and be the church. And this world's going to need as much persistent hope as possible. And so we're going to be relentless in our hope that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is good. Have a great day. And uh, again, pay attention to some of the things that will happen. Um, We'll let you know about some of our decisions about what the church is going to be doing ministry-wise over the next week or so. Um, And we're just going to persist that God is good and that Jesus is real and the Holy Spirit is with us. So hear now the benediction. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all both now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.